Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Gihan, co-founder of Ministry of Supply, a company that uses sports tech and other fields to create innovative business attire. Gihan tells us a bit about how his interest led to the creation of the successful company and how they are using Kickstarter to take things to the next level. For more information and links, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike and with me again is Henry. Hello. And today we've got a special guest, a former resident of the Sports Tech Institute. We have Gihan from Boston. He's going to be talking about his startup company called Ministry of Supply. So Gihan, uh, welcome to the podcast. And do you want to just start about, out by saying a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got involved with, with the company and, and where it's gone? Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Mike. So, um, my name is Gihan Marcero. I'm one of the co-founders of Ministry of Supply. Yeah, my background, I, you know, I started off getting into sports technology as a, as a Boy Scout um, growing up in the U.S. I'm from the New England area, and the weather changes a lot. And so being kind of tech-focused, I was always fascinated with materials that go into a lot of the garments I was wearing, whether it's Gore-Tex, Polar Tech, you know, things like that. And so I loved going to a lot of the um, outdoor retail um, that we have here in Boston, like EMS, REI. And I'd go through and I was looking at the features in the shirts uh, and jackets and then also the materials that went to them. And when I was uh, a freshman in high school, I got really interested in actually making my own garments. So me and one of my uh, buddies in my troop, we started making our own um, waterproof breathable jackets, actually taking uh, Tyvek. It's a waterproof breathable membrane that's used uh, in building homes uh, to keep the homes waterproof. And we'd go to construction sites, we'd take the, the scrap Tyvek they had, and we'd laminate it on this big ping-pong table with an iron uh, onto some ripstop, and we started making jackets like that. And so throughout high school, um, I made a lot of my own climbing gear, and um, I was also an athlete in both, uh, sorry, in middle school, going all the way through college. And so I made a lot of my own running apparel and actually uh, some track flats as well. And so that's really where my, my passion started. Um, it's kind of, you know, my background in a lot of the outdoor space, scrum as Boy Scout and as an athlete. So when I came to MIT, I uh, started studying chemical engineering. And the reason I, I chose that was because I really wanted uh, to follow a track where I could focus on materials development, material science, but also some of the production side as well. As I went through MIT, uh, my various internships, I focused a lot on product design, especially in the sports tech sector. And because I spent two summers at Sports Technology Institute working uh, with uh, Dan Toon on developing a set of racing spikes for a British Paralympian. Um, and so what, you know, what I realized was with sports technology, there's, there's a lot of different approaches. You, know, you can focus from a biomechanical standpoint, from a material standpoint, from a product design standpoint. And so I really liked the ability to work on a lot of different sectors. Uh, on, on a consumer product. So that's where my interest started. Uh, Ministry of Supply was actually started by me and one of my, my teammates on my cross-country team uh, at MIT. And he and I, he was an alum. He graduated a few years uh, earlier. He works at Fidelity. It's a top investment bank in the Boston area. And he'd take the subway to the office. And you know, every morning in the summer, he'd get on the subway. He, you know, he had just taken a shower. But by the time he got to the office, he just sweat through his shirt, and he basically felt like he'd already gone for a run. And so, you know, on, on one of our runs, it was actually right before nationals for for cross country. We, we were talking about we we talked about the idea of you know taking these fabrics from our running clothes 
and putting it in business shirts. And it really came to fruition when we decided um, that November day that we would uh, we'd start a company on that. At MIT, we have what's called an independent activities period. It's a month at school where you can really spend time doing whatever you want. And MIT offers the resources to do that. So we developed our business plan um, and an initial prototype just using some off-the-shelf fabrics. And it, it wasn't the prettiest prototype, but what, is, what we were able to do there is really show the functionality of the shirt. It was a couple of things that it was a moisture wicking shirt that it was, uh, and it could move dynamically. Um, so these were two issues we were really trying to solve was that with business wear, it, there hasn't been any innovation really in the, in the past 40 years or so. Biggest innovation was non-wrinkle coatings with Brooks Brothers in the 70s. And so what we were trying to do is we were trying to port over some of those you know, innovations we'd seen in the sports technology sector, was particularly with moisture wicking fabrics, and port that over to uh, business wear. So we started off with a, basically a shirt that's made out of supplex. Then we started working, and, and that was just hand-sewn in the chapter room of my fraternity uh, during my senior year in college. And after that, we brought on a couple other teammates, Kevin Rustagi, Eddie Abrupta. They also um, were, were MIT engineers, uh, one in mechanical engineering, one in aerospace. So we basically focused on developing the business plan out over our last semester. And Kevin and I, we decided to turn down our job offers and go fly on to Ministry of Supply after graduation. Going off this theme is applying some of these kind of sports technology themes to business wear seems like a pretty pretty new and novel idea. Like what are the, some of the the things that you kind of, the ways or methods that you started kind of testing out these moisture wicking properties? And was this kind of the first time that anything kind of sort of applying kind of these more athletic tests to, to formal wear? Was that kind of the first time that any of this had been done? Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to our knowledge, there's been very little in terms of actually uh, doing some engineering testing on uh, business wear garments. And so when I was at the Sports Technology Institute, you know, I was introduced to infrared thermal imaging to, to determine, you know, where heat is generated and then mapping, uh, you know, venting panels to garments that way. My, my project that I worked on while I was at the Sports Technology Institute was focusing on uh, basically how the skin of the body stretches and how soft tissue deforms um, and analyzing that using a process called strain analysis. And that, that technology has been used for you know, designing aircraft and automotive parts. But um, what's great about STI is they actually you know, made the jump to say, let's take that same technology and apply it to sportswear. And so what we actually do with our dress shirts is we look at how the skin of the body stretches, and then we're able to map stretch panels in our shirts to that. And they're very subtle, but uh, it's, you know, the key thing here with our products is that we really use the, uh, the uh, the analysis to educate our design. So it's not just you know intuition that's guiding designs. It's really grounded in the science. The, uh, the, the formal dress industry, I would say, has, has been predominantly dominated by uh, tradition and, and perhaps style and fashion as it comes and goes. But trying to incorporate some function in here, is it is it difficult to merge the two? Like, Are you having to make compromises or are you able to kind of fit all the function you want into some of the more I guess traditional traditional dress shirt concepts and styles. Right, right, and it's great question. So for for us, what, you know, we found from a lot of our product testing with customers was that initially people wanted something that that looked very similar to what they had. 
So it would basically be a woven shirt, perhaps made out of polyester. But what we found was that we weren't able to get that order of magnitude performance change when we just use um, you know, woven fabrics with polyester. Basically, you still get sweat stains. They're still not breathable. And so the big jump for our product was you know, we, we made a decision to design our clothes around a, a knit fabric. It's, a, it's common in a lot of athletic wear. And by doing that, we were able to make a shirt that's a lot more breathable. It wicks away moisture uh, through capillary action a lot more effectively because of the specific knit structure. And what people found was that there was some market difference between you know, a traditional dress shirt and the one that we were offering. And it's not to say that our shirts look less professional, they just look different. A lot of people have been excited about that because it's a way to, one, distinguish themselves, um, but also it, they, they find that the performance benefits outweigh you know, the uh, changes they have to make. Yeah, I guess part of looking good is looking comfortable if you're, if you're arriving all sweaty and gross. It's, it doesn't really matter how, how nice your shirt is cut. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, what, what was it about this particular project that you decided to, to take forward into the market? You said you developed some, some other projects just for personal use, but why, why did you decide now to start making them for the rest of the world? Yeah, so, you know, when, when I was in, in high school and college, earlier my thought was, you know, I really wanted to start an outdoor gear company. But it, the, the space is very saturated. Obviously, there's a lot of great companies out there, Arcteryx, Mountain Hardware. And, um, you know, if you want to enter that space, you really have to come up with one core product that has a revolutionary technology. And it's, it's a long growth uh, cycle. Uh, one company I looked at was Nemo Equipment. They built their entire product line around inflatable tents. And a there was a couple ideas I had. Uh, one was basically retro-reflective insulation for sleeping bags. But I found that the, the types of improvements that I'd be making in the outdoor sector were incremental. But I saw a huge opportunity um, importing that technology over to, to, to other industries like business wear where magnitude change in performance. And I thought there was a bigger opportunity there to really, you know, shake up an industry. And I think my favorite thing to do is for design inspiration is uh, there's this video I saw it's called Everything's Remix. And it, the, the key thing there is that they showed that the best innovation really just comes from, you know, taking little bits of, of ideas from other sectors and kind of melding them together. And that's what we're really trying to do with ministries. You know, we're blending the material science, which we're innovating in, we're creating our own proprietary fabric, but it's also how we design shirts, so it's the product design, um, as well as the customer engagement. Um, so it's really about bringing those three elements together. So what has been kind of the most challenging aspect of this, kind of starting your own company, you have a lot of stuff to think about, you're designing a whole new product, what's uh, kind of been the most unexpected or challenging thing you've, you've come across? Yeah, so with, with any new product, especially one that um, you know, seeks to kind of change a very conservative uh, industry in general. Um, you know, Brooks Brothers is the go-to shirt, and it's a very traditional shirt, and there hasn't been you know much in terms of stylistic or performance innovations there. And so people are tentative to take up um, you know, clothing like a performance stretch shirt because they think it's going to look like Nike Drop Fit or an Under Armour shirt that they're wearing in the office. And it's not until customers actually, you know, feel and hold and try that they're convinced of the performance. So that's been a huge challenge for us because we are selling our product primarily uh, direct to customer online. But we, what we find is that once our customers do buy products, 
they love coming back and they end up reordering our shirts. So that's been a huge challenge uh, with this kind of you know, revolutionary product is, is really getting people to take this try it on. The plan to continue doing direct-to-customer online sales or could you see it kind of go, coming into maybe your own store or a company different different uh, kind of more traditional lines of play at kind of bigger stores? For us, uh, what's really important is you know, in our product design process that we're really close to our customers and their feedback is uh, really what helps guide our design. So um, the find is that you know, when we start selling through distributors or retailers that it keeps on putting layers between us and our customer. Um, another point is that um, what we do is in the traditional wholesale model, what happens is a, a garment manufacturer will wholesale the product for half the retail price to a distributor. So let's say you're selling your, your product at, um, at Next or you know, one, one of the, the British retailers or, or in Macy's, let's say. What happens is, you know, let's say we're making a shirt for $50. Macy's will sell for 100 And so there's that lost value between the, um, the wholesale. And so by going direct to customer, we're able to capture that value and really redirect it towards creating better products. So it's very difficult to make uh, a dress shirt at the $100 price point here in the U.S., especially with the performance attributes that we have. But we're able to do that because we redirect a lot of that captured value back into better product design, better materials, and a better customer experience. So long term, we look at you know kind of those retail opportunities like selling at Macy's uh, more as a way of acquiring customers, but um, long term, if we do do a, a, a physical retail front, it would be through our own brick and mortar stores because we really want to create that end-to-end customer experience. You're you're just in the beginnings now, I suppose. And one of the things that's directed, um, one of the things that we find on your website is a, a link to the Kickstarter, which is kind of a cool way to, to to get some recognition to start getting a fan base, I guess, and some support. So, you want to tell us a bit about how that's going and, and how you got into that? Yeah, Kickstarter has been amazing. It's an amazing community of people who are supportive of new projects and who really uh, value design technology. And so for us, you know, we've, we've sold a couple hundred shirts that have really been um, a couple batches where we've been iterating the product. But now we've, we have a new material. It's called Apollo. It's a moisture-wicking antimicrobial fabric. But the key thing is we've taken a NASA technology um, that's been used in spacesuits. It's called a phase change material. And basically, it allows your body to buffer its skin temperature. So let's say you're walking out outside in a hot environment. It's able to pull heat away from your body quickly, leaving you feeling cool. But then you go into the AC office. Instead of shivering, it releases that heat back at you, keeping you nice and comfortable. So you know, that technology has been used in some other uh, industries, but we're really trying to apply that to business wear. And we're launching this new product on Kickstarter, one as a way to figure out how we can, you know, best design our product, um, you know, figure out new colors, new fits, and, and Kickstarter is a great way to, to get that customer feedback. And also just for the support to help us really manufacture uh, that first uh, production run. So, you know, we, our target was originally uh, you know, $30,000, and we ended, and over the course of 33 days, we hit that in five days, and uh, we doubled our goal uh, just a couple of days ago. I think we're somewhere around 67K uh, with about 21 days to go. So, Kickstarter has been going really, really well. We're really excited about that. And so, you know, 
for the viewers of this podcast, you know, if you're if you're interested in, in learning about our technology, watch our video on Kickstarter because uh, it really kind of shows you know what our product can do and um, some some of the benefits of it. Yeah, that was that was a cool video. Um, it, lo- it looks like you'll be able to expand quite a bit now with, with, um, with the funds enabled from Kickstarter. Do you have any browsers or maybe a more? I guess to complete the wardrobe of a uh, performance dress clothes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Ministry of Supply, we're, we're not a dress shirt company. We're really, we like to say that we're reinventing business wear. We're creating the next generation of business wear. And so we started off with dress shirts because we found that to be the most uncomfortable part of a men's, man's wardrobe. But again, it's about creating the entire experience. And so right now we offer a, a moisture uh, wicking undershirt. And the reason we do that is because we found that customers would originally just, just buy our moisture wicking dress shirts. But they'd wear cotton undershirts beneath that. And so that would mitigate all the performance attributes. And so we offer now a moisture-wicking antimicrobial undershirt as well. But you know, this is just the beginning of the whole wardrobe solution. So you know, in the future, um, and not too distant, you know, we, we'd like to start developing things like pants, socks, underwear, uh, at some point, you know, full suits even. Very nice. So if someone wants to, to find out more and even kind of go to your Kickstarter page, can you just walk them through like what they'll see on the page and kind of what the different donations or kind of like contributions kind of mean for for their experience and, and finding out uh, more information than actually buying the shirts? Yeah, yeah. So by going on Kickstarter, you're essentially pre-ordering our, our newest batch of, uh, of shirts, the Apollo shirt, uh, which we're sending into production very soon. Um, and that'll come out in August. And by pledging... Uh, you can pledge any amount. Um, we have different rewards, um, you know, as low as $10 for some basic college days. But if you want to start um, receiving some of our products, uh, at the $25 level, we uh, we offer one of our performance-based layers. We have a couple packages that offer a combination of our undershirts. And then at the $80 level, we have our, uh, our base uh dress shirt. It's called the Agent Shirt. It's a moisture-wicking antimicrobial dress shirt. And then at the $95 level, we have, we're offering the Apollo dress shirt, which is really where most of our funds are going towards uh, in this production run is uh, for paying for the fabric uh, production and the manufacturing. And then we have a couple of reward levels after that where you can get a duo deal, which is a combination of an undershirt and a dress shirt. Uh, at 115 and 150, and then there's combination packs of 250 and above, and those are in U.S. dollars. And I, I think I saw that the uh, the um, the collar stays. Is that collar stays? Yeah. Um, I think I saw that the collar stays are made of stainless steel, which is uh, pretty pretty unique, I'd imagine. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so Ministry of Supply. You know, this is uh, we're really about creating a premium product here, and so you know, plastic collar stays they bend, they go through the wash, get destroyed, and so. We want to really deliver some of that value again back to our customers, and that's why we offer stainless steel stays. So, who's in your team right now? Yeah, so we have uh, four full-time co-founders on our team: uh, Kevin Rostaki and I, and then uh, Kit Hickey and Aman Advani, uh, who are Sloan MBA students who have uh, taken the dive and joined us at uh, Ministry of Supply full-time now. And uh, we also have five interns. Uh, they come from a lot of the Boston area schools, Northeastern, Babson, Harvard, Columbia, and MIT. So we've got uh, nine, nine of us here. It's really exciting at our office. 
uh, out near South Station. Very good. I think we'll wrap it up yeah. there. Thanks, Gihan. Yeah. Uh, great to kind of learn more about the company and your experience with it. Look forward to hearing more about it and good luck with everything. Great. great. Cool. Do you do uh, uh, international shipping, by the way? Yeah, we do international shipping on Kickstarter. It's, uh, I believe, $25, uh, just additional on top. Um, and then also, for those curious about the name Ministry of Supply, its, it's origins uh, for James Bond fans out there, uh, Lion Q from James Bond is actually based on a real person. His name was Charles Fraser Smith. He designed gadgetry and clothing for the British Special Ops. His cover was the British Ministry of Supply. So... We like to think of ourselves as Q's labs, you know, creating uh, this high-tech clothing for our, our go-getter uh, agents out there who have to look good, but who have to perform and get the workplace. And that is the episode. Thank you, Gihan, and thanks, listeners, for listening. For more information and links to his website, go to our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Thanks. Bye.